Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to The Good Thief. My name is Joel Jackson. I'll be your host and interviewee, uh, interviewer, beg my pardon. Um, basically, if, you, if you've heard the last podcast or if you've been listening in for a while, the podcasts are a sequence of conversations and chats that I hold with people who inspire me or move me or I think that also need a platform just to share their stories and perspectives because they are pretty unique human beings. And the guy that I've got on the show uh, with me this morning here, we're, we're coming from you to you uh, in the Cecil B. DeMille suite above the Regent Theatre. And it's probably the coolest green room that I've ever been inside of. I'm not sure about this young man, but he is an absolute killer. Um, a beautiful actor uh, and is just doing wonderful things. Our lovely Australian, Ed Oxenbold. So, mate, thank you very much for sharing time with me. Well, thank you. Thank you for the kind introduction. And I have to say, this is definitely the coolest green room I've ever been in. It's pretty cool. There's some pretty plush chairs. We've got, like, it's the press-studded kind of Oxford-type chairs. There's drapery. We've got chandeliers in the middle of the room. Urns. Urns. Yeah, there's urns, yeah. you know. Looks a little bit haunted. Yeah, That's I don't... kind of part of the beauty. Yeah. And I'm not sure how many people are in this room in terms of ashes inside of the urns. <laughs> I know there's two of us living. I don't know if there's anybody else who's kind of haunting the space. Maybe when we listen back to the podcast, we'll hear like some spirit voices or something. <laughs> and we just, just superimpose and like bring up the microphone levels. You just hear like, like, and that was the moment that it goes yeah, breathe. Like, I'm ready for my close-up. Yeah, 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 I'm in this conversation <laughs> too. But mate, so we're here at MIF. It's the se- third day of the festival now. It's the... It's the um, but your film that you're a part of, the film that Dan, uh, Paul Dano directed you in, Wildlife, opened the film. I mean, tell us a little bit, a bit, a little bit about the film and um, and how does it feel to be opening such a, a festival as this? It feels great. It's really awesome that. Um, I mean, first of all, I think I think it's pretty interesting that they chose an American film, or like a most, you know, American yeah, production no, no, to open I'm it, which is you. pretty different. Uh, but I'm so insanely proud of the film. I'm so so insanely lucky to have been a part of it. Um, and I couldn't have been more happy with how it turned out. And the fact that I got to open it was really cool because this is my third myth. So it's cool. The first year I came here was kind of, I did the chart, the children's section. What was the first one that, that you came with? So Paper Planes. Okay, okay. So that did like the kids gala. Which was directed by Robert Connolly. Well, yeah, a fantastic okay. Robert Connolly. Who, um, and it was great. And we had a big kind of paper plane throwing competition. And then oh, last year cool. I came with uh, The Butterfly Tree, another Aussie movie. And I kind of was kind of in the middle and now I'm doing the opening ceremony, so it's kind of just escalated each year. Yeah, next but time you'll be directing yeah. and then bringing <laughs> your own film. And no, Hopefully, yeah. yeah. well, is that, is that, I mean, we'll go to there later, but... Yeah. So the film itself, Wildlife, um, follows a, a young family uh, kind of chasing the American dream. Is that... Yeah. You know, what, 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 when you first read it, what was the synopsis that you kind of came up with in your, in your own mind? That was pretty much it. That's how it feels. It's a really, it's a really young family who are just just trying just struggling they're just struggling to get by and they're barely doing it they've had to move to about 14 different places the dad's kind of just moved where the work has been but it's a bit of a tragic kind of family it's just a sad you know never there's never any relatives or any they just kind of move around they're just yeah. they're very isolated but they they're, they're happy at least to begin with yeah yeah i think that's the this i mean I, I watch the film opening night with the with the rest of us here and we do have a q and a that i'm asking you all the questions again <laughs> once we finish this podcast so i'll try not to just talk about the film because it'll bore you to tears when you get up there no you probably won't you're a genuine guy and you probably love the film uh, yeah you know so you'd love to talk about it as you should mate your performance was fantastic oh, thank you thank so you. um no watching it man it was it was really beautiful and it was also such a spacious kind of film to move in the as an audience member the the score was quite sparse but but very delicate at times and 
the cinematography by Diego Garcia was just kind of yeah. really otherworldly, yeah. and and because maybe because he's a Spanish guy, there's a the different influence there. But yeah, you know, also Zoe Kazan, who is that the granddaughter of Elias Elias yeah. Kazan, who did you know on the waterfront and um, East of Eden and all these mm. incredible films that followed the American dream. Yeah, it was really nice to sit there and know these things and and see that brought to life by a team that no doubt you know they were at the forefront of, of defining that in yeah. a different generation and now they're sharing a modern retelling of that because you know, the book when was the book written it was a book based on Robert Ford's uh, Robert Ford wrote it right? Richard Ford yeah. Richard Ford, Richard Ford, 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 Ford. He, I think so it's set in the 60s Robert in Ford. in the <laughs> in the book and I think he I think he wrote it at the same time like he wrote it in the 60s I think okay so it was relatively old and I remember talking to Paul a little bit and he said he had just always loved it and he'd been developing this for like a number of years and he had been doing different rewrites and passes and it had kind of been put into the back burner when he was doing other projects right he's a busy dude been on it. Yeah, yeah yeah especially in the past couple of years but then he yeah. kind of hit a point where he went alright I'm going to make this now he felt like he had the perfect script um, but you're right. It's it's that great theme of the American dream, and I think it, it just it, it's yeah. It's never going to stop being relevant. No, because even though it's set in the '60s and it's such a different time, it's it's got so much of a kind of modern influence on it, and it's got a a really unique tone. But that that yeah, that overarching theme of the American dream is, I, I think it's fascinating. Like, yeah. yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, it infatuates me to no end. I mean, I was speaking to yeah. Charlie Clawson recently, and I was just saying some of the biggest influences on my creative kind of yeah, writing or even when I act or tell stories and what I want to be involved with is Sam Shepard and Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. And to me, yeah. that's like the cowboy Western version of the American dream. And I came from the desert. So that's right. where I link yeah, it together. Yeah. Um, but it's also interesting, you, you're an Australian and you're born and raised in Sydney. Born and raised, yeah. Living in uh, Bondi. Yeah. And so... Telling the American dream from the Australian's perspective, yeah. <laughs> how, like how does that differ in comparison to hearing, say, when you hear Paul talk about it, or Paul Danner, the director, or when Zoe was talking about scripts or things like that? Like, what do you think that you got to bring to that idea of the American dream? I mean, it's strange in the film. I mean, it's really kind of the parents' kind of American dream, and then the kids kind of just going along with the flow. So it's mainly kind of Jake and Carrie who. I just kind of telling that story and of the American Jay dream. Jake Hall and Jake Gyllenhaal and Carey Mulligan. Mulligan. Just, yeah. just careful, you know, just <laughs> yeah, those like names. You don't have to mention them, like, you get to start yeah. with them the whole time. I'll yeah. mention the name. Of course, the lovely, who are just the most insanely talented actors. And, um, I, yeah, but it's great. I think there's just the way they portray the characters of these struggling, and then they just kind of slowly go on this <laughs> slow decline into... Yeah. Into, I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and to me, uh, I mean, I don't want to give too much of the film away, but it almost mm. just seems like... A, there's a beautiful monologue inside of it that I won't say too much about because that is just such a powerful piece in itself. Yeah. But it's like a debauchery of um, the common laws of humanity. Yeah. Which will lead to the falling apart of love and of relationships and of trust and um, sincerity and all those yeah. beautiful things that make a family. That's I mean, that's why I thought it was very tender and a very beautiful film. So It is. It really is. You can just tell and you can just see how much of Zoe and Paul is in it. It's just a really heartfelt, right. genuine... And I think that just the performances by uh, Jack and Carrie just add so much heart and realness to it, but also this other aspect of of something else. It's kind of like hard to pinpoint, but it's yeah. something that makes it different and unique. And then when that kind of switch happens... about well, Again, I won't say yet yeah, yeah, too yeah. much <laughs> to reveal it, but it just... Yeah, I think it's such a unique performance from both, and Carrie in particular, who just yeah, that has was the most incredible journey. Yeah, yeah. 
beautiful character arc, and she smashes it. Yeah, man. it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, had there, you know, you're speaking of the uniqueness and the kind of um, uh, like the specialness of you know, and po- that stuff would have been happening on set too. Yeah, no doubt. Has there been any other moments through your very illustrious career of, of late mate? Like you've been on just to touch base, like you, your first ever thing was a short film yeah. with director Matt. Lovely uh, Matthew Moore. Yeah. Matthew Moore. And then that one Tropfest? Uh, or did it... Or it no, one of other... One, another one of Matthew's won, films is yeah, one. Yeah, a couple of his have been in it. it that was... Uh, it won the actor, I think, for best... Oh, was That's it nominated? Right, it won yeah, the actor. Yeah, it won the actor. Yeah. yeah, he was nominated for best director. And yeah. it won the actor for best short film. Which is fantastic. And he is just the most insanely... And he... Honestly, he is... I, I, if I hadn't have done Julian, that first shot film with him, I don't think I'd be sitting here. Yeah, right. No way. No. So even with the influences, because your parents are both fantastic actors. Yeah. I've worked with your mother. Yeah. And then your dad, your mother played my mother in Hide and Seek for Matchbox Pictures. <laughs> and then um, your dad coached me through a voice masterclass. So uh, look at that. A year it's and a half small ago. world, yeah. You know, so... Um, Fantastic actors in their own right. So yeah. you, you don't think that you would have gotten into it somehow? I think I would have, but I just don't know how much I would have gotten into it. And then, because doing Julian and then the writer of the TV show that I did, Puberty Blues, who's just, uh, which was such a great experience, saw Julian and just asked me to be a part of it. Really? And that was like so weird. Yeah. And my parents were saying, oh, it's a great book, Puberty Blues, blah, blah, blah. And the character was just awesome. It was yeah. like, how can I decline this? Yeah. And so I did that. And then that kind of gave me a little bit um, got me noticed in America and that's how my American manager signed on Yes, and that's how I began to work in the States So, and then you went on and worked on Disney's Alexander yeah, and the Very Bad was just insane. No Good Day yeah. right with Steve Carell yeah dude it was w- what was that like it was Steve Carell and Jennifer Garner yeah Jennifer, Jennifer Garner, Garner right? yeah. I mean what was what was that like working with that man it's so weird going from doing a couple of short films or I originally I started in voiceovers I would just do ads and stuff right. a little bit, and then awesome. I did, and then, yeah, then going to Julian, and then I did another short film with Matt called The Amber Amulet, which was incredible. Yes. Um, and then I did Puberty Blues, and then, so just going from that and kind of working within Australia to just jumping to, a, like, the lead in a Disney film was so overwhelming. Was that, was that the jump? So yeah. it was Puberty yeah. Blues, and then I came, what was the space between that and Alexander? There was no space. I left. Oh, my God. Um, so I, I booked it when I was about halfway through season two of puberty blues i think whoa um yeah god i should remember <laughs> but uh <laughs> and so i had to leave a little bit early to go to there which was just bizarre it was so weird leaving from the set in the you know down in the shire in sydney yeah <laughs> to go to la to a place where i'd never been to be like to do like this insane thing to do an american accent which i never done before to wow. just to, it was so bizarre wow. and i really wasn't prepared for it did did someone like you know because jennifer garner and steve carell are, are both very experienced actors yeah. who have worked on, you know, massive studio things to doing um, smaller independent stuff that yeah. have been, and, and have also been a part of that industry for quite some time. Did you feel like they took you under their wing? Definitely, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was as much as I say it was overwhelming when I got there, it was the most welcoming and most accepting set. It was yeah, incredible. Okay, I, cool. Like, I was so lucky to have the people. I mean, Steve Carell and Jennifer Garner were incredible. And then the people who played my siblings, Karis Dorsey and uh, the Dylan Minnette, uh, were just incredible, and I just felt so welcomed, and I felt so at home, and you know, in a in this place I'd never been, and it were a bunch of people I didn't know. It was just so overwhelming. Yeah. But as soon as I got in there, I was having the time of my life, and it just, I mean, that and then that kind of spiral spiraled into just even more work, and it just took me on this crazy wild ride, and it was so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Do, how, how do you find? The work ethic and the work practices, you know, on a day to day basis between 
Los Angeles and Australia. It's so different, and especially going straight from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really, you would have. So on, yeah, yeah. So it was the second season of Beauty Blues. So it was, you know, it was the people I all knew. Yeah, and it was great. It was like a second home at that yeah. point. Um, but then when I got to America, it was great. They just. You could just tell that they loved it. The people from Disney were so keen. Yeah. Uh, and But not that there's not that on Australia. It's just, it's it's very low key. There's obviously a lot less money just because that's just the nature of the industry. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's very, it's very relaxed here. It's very, you know, the grips will help out in other departments. People help out in other departments. There's yeah. none of that. It's very secular in America. Yeah, okay. It's very, you know, you stick to your own. Everything's on a schedule, whereas in, in Australia, kind, kind of like, oh, we'll pick it up here and maybe we can do yeah. that and Schedule's we'll get the camera over an, there. Yeah. And, you know. A bit of a, yeah, interpretive <laughs> word. You <kind> of <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> it's great. They're both so great in their own respects. And I've had yeah. nothing but great experiences in both. And that's, hopefully I want to keep up that balance. I want to keep working here at home yep. because I love it. Uh, but I'd also love to keep working abroad. Would you ever move into stage? I mean, have you floated the idea in, in your own kind of, Head or to to teams or things like I mean to your yeah to your guys I mean is that something that you're Definitely. interested in yeah because my parents have got a like a, a big a long uh, stage background yeah man and I grew up kind of backstage just hearing my parents talk at a theater and I kind of just be watching from the wings and Amazing. I really I really enjoy theater the only thing is just with the school it's just such a massive commitment because you're still at school right yeah you so I'm, st- I'm still in year eleven oh my dear lord so it's just about to get even harder and just yeah, the, the idea of kind of having six hours at school and then just coming straight to rehearsals and having like a couple shows a week is just a lot yep yeah um so I think at this point I think I'm just going to kind of finish school but it's so it's so at the front of my mind I really want to try it well that's I've exciting I've been to man. try it ever since I saw my parents on the, I, like the first time I can remember them on stage I would have probably been eight or nine and it's always intrigued me because your your dad I think I've seen at the old fits like just recently yeah yeah he just did a show called the, the village bike yeah which um actually was forbidden to see really because yeah apparently there was some pretty explicit material oh yeah it was full on yeah it was hectic I mean and it wasn't he's a great act but yeah that yeah. play was full and on and it wasn't the other stuff it was what he had to do and he just said my children don't need to see me watch this so even my brother who's 22 not allowed to see it really no Mm. Is I heard it was good, but yeah, no, it was <laughs> I, I wouldn't it was have great. any idea. You know, I often think about that because I've got a younger, I've got a, um, I don't have kids, um, mm. but I've got nephews. Yeah, right, and and a, um, a, a goddaughter, and and there's stuff that I, when I get asked to do things, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. What do does I that mean? Like, do I let him watch that? Um, you know, do I let her watch yeah. that? Is that okay? Yeah. Like, what does that say? I, I don't know. I'm a, I, I don't have to be like, I don't have a public profile. It's not huge. You know what I mean? So I can. At the moment, like right, get, get yeah. away with certain things and on screen and film and not be like, my identity isn't made. Do you right. know what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah. And then like, so but there's other guys like I know when Hugh Jackman talks about stuff like Real Steel. Yeah, was the first film that he'd ever done that he thought that his kids could watch at that age that they are. Oh, now. really? You know what I mean? Like, okay. he wasn't comfortable. I mean, imagine him sitting down with his like, I don't know how old his kids are, oh, but if you've got a six yeah. year old and you're watching Logan. <laughs> <laughs> like the guy like decapitates people. Um, yeah, it's a very full on film. So it is. Yeah, is there is there stuff that and in that okay? So is there stuff that you won't do at this point in time that you're holding off on? So you know, if for example, okay, so Harry po- um, Daniel Harry Potter, they might sorry Daniel um, <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe when he finished Harry Potter went and did Equus, right? Peter yeah. Schaefer's like straight up just went yeah. and got into it and was naked on stage at. Yeah. Was it the National? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it was in London. Like, yeah. It was a huge theatre for a long, long time. Um, yeah. Is there stuff that you, you will not go near at this point in time? I mean, I think it, it's a strange age. I mean, I'm, I'm only just 17. 
Um, I'm still not, you know, as much as this kind of just acting has given me like a lo- quite a lot of confidence just because I've had to mainly deal with, I've just had to like, just, I just have to kind of learn to adapt to kind of, yeah, to like speak in front of crowds and yeah. to speak in front of a lot of people and you just sort of kind of have to adapt to that. Yeah. But I think at this stage, just if there's anything, I even have, I remember a script came through, I don't know if you saw 20th Century Women. No, no. It was a no. film a couple of years ago and it was, there was a part for, I think it was like 15 at the time. And it was just full on. There was just a lot of, there was like a, a bit of kind of half nudity and just kind of implied just sexual references. Yes. And as much as in your head you tell yourself it's fake, blah, 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 it'll only be professional. It's weird. Yeah. And it's strange to do if, if it's someone you don't know. Yep. Um, so I definitely think there are things just at this age where I kind of, I'm just skeptical to do. Yep. yep. Yeah. No, that's a really, it's a really mature thing, man. I think, you know, I, I still get very, very nervous. Yeah. Doing, you know, and, and everything that I've done. We, we did Peter, Alan, and that was like mm. sharing, um, I am a straight man, but doing sexual scenes with another guy who was either straight or homosexual, um, Either way, it, it was as it was as hard as it was to do yeah. it with a female. Like it, uh, yeah, it didn't imagine. get any yeah. easier. And I, um, even doing it with the best like really good friends, Sarah West and I, who played Liza Minnelli and smashed it. Her and I are quite close. And doing those love scenes between <laughs> Peter Allen and Liza Minnelli, like could not have been more weird. It's, yeah, but you it's have weird. to get past it all and kind of make it intimate and tell the story and know that that's the that's what it's for. But I remember yeah. like recently I did something and I, I like I'm not gonna say who it was or whatever, but like. I was so nervous about it all because I was dating someone at the time. Um, right. About what, how they would perceive it, uh, you know, just personally, yeah, no, imagine, even yeah. though it's work, that I got like mouth ulcers, like stress mouth ulcers. Like really? All, yeah, it was, it was yeah. so stressful. Just It is, yeah. It's um, a weird thing because no one should have to be in that position where their kind of partner yeah, is watching yeah. them on screen going, I got oh, rid- yeah, yeah. We got, rid- we, yeah. Got, just in case, we got rid of the mouth ulcers before we did all of the like, okay. kissing <laughs> and things like that. Like, just in case, you know. But yeah, like, it's stressful, dude. It's not... So I think that's a really mature thing to kind of put off and, and know that because you're going to lead a career that's going to last your lifetime. Hopefully, like, yeah. Well, dude, you're a great <laughs> actor, like touch wood, but you know, you're you, yeah. a fantastic actor and very mature and very considered, so it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, and as I get older, it's even gotten better. As, I've kind of, uh, as I get older, I'm more open to things, but at this stage, it's still... There's a lot of full-on stuff in yeah. films, and it's, you know, and it's just full-on... Are those conversations that you have with like your parents and... They are, being act- yeah. Yeah, and also stuff that... You know, of course, your management and your team like that. But is and are these conclusions you've just drawn yourself through yeah. time? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And even and it's great. And I've got a, I've been lucky to have a really, I mean, as well as supportive parents, have a really supportive team. Yeah. And it's like if I'm uncomfortable, then that's it. It's no stress. But I've definitely felt myself as I'm getting older and having just more experience, like just on set and even in real life. Yeah. It's just kind of, I don't know. I guess you just become more open to it. You just become more yeah, confident. Yeah. 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 There's certain things that I know when I get older as well. I'll I won't ever consider it again as something that's strange, or, yeah. or and not in, not in just in terms of that, in terms of other roles and and other things. Um, if is there someone, uh, you know, because I imagine I've, I've met your family and they're super. You guys are super tight and a really beautiful mm. family. Um, is there anyone outside of your family within the industry that isn't in your management or team that is also a very big influence on your kind of, you know, y- your not day to day happenings, but mm. your your own sense of the industry and your own idea of your career? It's hard to nail it down just to one person. All right, I mean, let's I've expand it. Let's, let's branch <laughs> out. Let's branch I mean, out. I've just been lucky. Everyone that I've worked with and got the chance to meet just through the kind of industry has just been incredible. Yeah. And all the directors that I've worked with, 
you know, some I've stayed in touch with, some I haven't. Yep. Uh, but they just, I don't know, I just draw a lot of inspiration from everything, but honestly, family is the kind of main thing. Yeah, that's beautiful. Is that they're always supportive whenever I, you know, whenever I need a self-tape. It's always like, jump you know, up like mum and dad will yeah, step in. Oh, that's, yeah. that's brilliant. It's perfect. And like they're super supportive. Uh, and my big brother who who wants to kind of get into the industry, he's writing at the moment, working at Foxtel. He's a massive influence just because I'm... Yeah. yeah. And that must be really interesting too, like having an older brother who isn't necessarily in the in the, yeah. in the the public eye as much as, as you are yep. as such and has a very different perspective yeah. on yeah. it. You know, like do you guys come to loggerheads about... What is like the ideas of the industries because you both have different experiences? Yeah, we do, but um, <laughs> there's a big smile. Then, like, yeah, yeah we yeah. kind of we do, <laughs> yeah, we do. What, what is it like? What do you what do you both see differently? Um, I mean, it's interesting because he, I mean, he's a bit he's like five and a half years older than me, but he he was there when I filmed The Visit in Philadelphia, so it was great that he could have that yeah, experience, which so he's, was pretty, yeah. you know. Um, but it was great. He's been with there. He was there on the paper plane set as well. So yeah. he, me, and him have had quite a lot of like set experience together. That's cool. And hopefully more and more. I'd love to work with him because he's a fantastic writer and he's just one of the biggest cinema buffs that I know. Yes. He's a, yeah, like a total love. And he and he just wants to. Yeah, I think he just wants to create, and I do too. And it'd be great yeah. to collaborate or something. Be the next kind of Coen Brothers, maybe. But do um, it. Do it. You yeah. guys have so much experience and kind of you know you're in a good uh, ground for it. I yeah. think you know. But he, yeah, he and I just both love cinema and film. And it's just, yeah, it's great. It's great that we both want to be a part of it. And we've both, yeah, we've both had different experiences, but hopefully we'll just keep going, get more experience. Yeah. Would, would you consider, like, if you ever, if you guys ever did work together and do certain things, would you just step into the acting shoes? Or would you, like, do you like to write? Or do you like to, I suppose the directing thing and, and those kind of stuff are a little bit off, but no doubt. Yeah you've had thoughts in your mind about the bigger picture down yep. the line, right? Like Before before Wildlife, I'd always had them, but I just wasn't sure what to do with them. I was just kind of, they were just there. But right. then after working with Paul and seeing how himself, who started acting when he was around my age now, and seeing how he kind right, of built, um, seeing how he kind of just like built a reputation for himself and just, you know, has worked with all these great people, got an influence from like Paul Thomas Anderson, and yeah. just incredible people, incredible actors that he's worked with. And then he, yeah, and so he just decided, I'm going to write this. I'm going to get my girlfriend to help me. And then he just got his agency, WME, who represent him, Jake Gyllenhaal, Carrie Mulligan, and me. Right. And so he got the, you know, kind of them to pull this all together. And it was just incredible to see how he kind of relied on favours because he knew Carrie and Jake really, really well. And right. then Bill Camp, who was also in the film. Yeah, yeah, who is the beautiful Miller that has that monologue yeah. that I was speaking about. Yeah. Fantastic He's performance, fantastic, man. Incredible. Just like such a unique, great character. Yeah. He um but it was great to see how he just kind of just asked his old friends to be a part of this real passion project for him. Yeah. And he created something I think is beautiful. Yeah. That he's really proud of. And that after after watching the process on how he made it and watching him film it and even keeping in touch with him as he was editing it and uh-huh. um all in post. And then just seeing it now and seeing how happy it, he is with it, it's really inspiring. And I really want to, I really want to do what he did. Yeah, well, that's, and I mean, the cool thing is, like, no doubt you've got, uh, as you're watching it, or you're going, yeah. So these are friends of his that he's connected with, yeah. and stayed in contact with, and built that rapport with. And people outside of the industry know Paul Dano as the guy that you can throw into anything, 
and he will smash. Like he's he the most versatile actor. I he mean, really is. Like Swiss Army Man, you've got um, War and Peace, <laughs> the Leo Tolstoy, and then you, yeah. you know, that was Love and Mercy. Love and Mercy, when he, and he did all the singing for yeah, yeah, all incredible. of that. And Brian Wilson gave him the blessing to do that. Yeah. Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. This yeah. is the biopic that was done by John Cusack um, and and Paul. Um, and by it was the first time director, right? Like Jeff Bingham. I don't I know think if it was so, his yeah. first. Uh, and it also starred the fant- Oh my goodness gracious, I've forgotten her name, but I love her. Pitch Perfect. Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth yeah. Banks, who is an yeah. s- absolute superstar. It's a, I mean, it's such a great story. Yeah. And it's he's incredible. Just that performance he gives. And he, he's got a beautiful voice. Yeah, the, dude really incredible. Yeah. the dude can and sing. The dude can sing. And even in Little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine. Which plays like an angry kind of There will be team. blood. Yeah. Whoa. I only watched that for the first time on Wednesday. No So a couple way. days ago. So you hadn't seen... Okay, so how do you go? Because, uh, like, Daniel Radcliffe is a... I'm a huge fan of his work. Yeah, how can you not be? Yeah. Yeah, and I, then I worked with him on Jungle. And then the great thing was that he diffused any sense of, like, oh, my God, Daniel Radcliffe. Because as soon as I walked into the room for the first read, he just walked up and was like, Joel, pleasure to meet you, man. Like, can't wait to work with yeah. you. Yeah. It's like, wow. Okay, like, that's you being assertive and kind of knowing yeah. what might be happening here and you just kind of and step in and colour. Yeah. And it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, like, it really is. What was... What was the vibe like on set between, you know, yourself and Paul and people like Jake? I mean, Jake is an idol of mine. I mean, I don't know. Oh, me too. Do when he because when I was first auditioning for it and up and right until I got it, they weren't attached to it, so oh. I'd gotten it just with kind of Paul attached. And then these names were kind of rumors, and I was like, okay, Paul Dana, that's great. And then when they came on, it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, you're like, oh my god, oh my what? god, oh my god, oh my god. Um, it was fantastic. I met Paul first and we did, so we shot for a week in Montana and then the rest was in Oklahoma and Jake wasn't on that first week. Okay. So we just shot with Carrie and Carrie's just the most lovely, giving, just like, and she's just the most incredible actress. Yeah. And we had a little, we had like a little bit of pre with Paul and it was great. We had this room in this really old hotel we were staying at in Montana and we had these really low key rehearsals where he gave us journals and he would just say, he would give us an idea or a thought and we would just write it down and yeah. someone would kind of share aloud and we just kind of, and it was a way of opening up but in a really strange creative based way. Based around the film and the film No, based subjects. around like personal experiences okay. that, then like, yeah, that then related to the film. Yeah. So it was a really different approach and it was nothing that I had ever experienced but it was fantastic. We were just in this room and we really got to know one another. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was it was really great. Um, and I'd imagine all of them would be quite generous. 100%. They all seem like very yeah. generous people either on set or off set and just because of the stories that they choose to tell yeah and choose to be a part of um yeah. wh- speaking of like when you when you go to sets because you are 17 mm-hmm. do you receive tutoring and things like that while studying like while yeah. you're doing a film do you get schooling because the laws are so strict in america yeah you have to do three hours of school a day how does that go in terms of the sketch because america is like 16 hours a day shooting right i mean what was yeah the but for like? me i can only do nine and a half and that's including the three hours of school so it's a logistical nightmare. Wow. Okay. So the thing is, for people my age, it's really hard to get a to kind of get a break because it makes sense to hire someone who's eighteen. You can get double the yeah. amount of shooting in a day. It's cheaper. It's yeah. It's just oh, more. Oh wow! I never even thought about it like yeah. that. Like that. So it's re- almost like having a not like being Australian, not having an American visa to work in America. Yeah, yeah, like, it, yeah. It's easy to just get an American with a visa. Even it really is. Oh no, yeah. an American. But wow, but, I never um, thought about it like that. I mean, it was, it's good to keep up with school, but on the, sometimes it can really affect the film. Yes. Like, there's one scene, 
Um, I don't think you'd ever know. And I, I, I hope you didn't yeah, pick out. But uh, there's a scene where me and Jake are talking about a letter that I've received. We filmed that on two like weeks apart. Yeah, you guys would. It's a yeah. yes. Okay, we filmed that. Yeah, yeah, we I was, like, was going to say it. I was like, don't give away. Yeah. what. <laughs> just yes, yeah, say yes. So what had happened was, as in, like you filmed his stuff and then filmed, filmed your his stuff, stuff and then like a week later filmed my stuff. Oh wow! Yeah, well, I didn't notice, so you couldn't tell. Um, but it, so what had happened was, and it, honestly, sometimes it, it really it, it's the struggle of being a kid and just because it's so far out of your control. Mm. It's the law, and it's like bottom line. If they cheat it, then it's like. I mean, obviously, they just can't. Yeah. And so what had happened was I'd shot all that day and I'd only done an hour of school and I still needed to do two more, but they needed to get this done because Jake had to leave early. Right. And so what had happened was I had to go back to... I had went back to the school trailer and I had no, I didn't have any schoolwork to do. I was on my school holidays, so I sat, and, ta- sat and talked. I sat and talked to the tutor for about two hours while Paul read with Jake on set. Oh, man. That, I could see the set from the trailer and it was heartbreaking. heartbreaking. It yeah. was. And I just felt bad because I know it wasn't oh, I know it wasn't me, but it's it's so hard just going. I could go in there and I could just be working with Jake. I could be giving him something. Jake could be giving me something. And especially something. In that beautiful scene. It's a really touching it's a moment. Really between great scene, the and it's an and important moment. And, yeah, man. It, it turned out really great. Yeah, it because, looks beautiful. And it was kind of awesome because when we turned around and did my stuff, I got to work with Paul, which is oh, awesome. So that's it was cool. kind of awesome. Yeah. Okay, well that's cool. In a way, but at the same time, it was so frustrating. Yeah, it was like killing. Um, How do you? There's obviously things that, sure, you've had an amazing career. Yeah. Right? Um, thus far. Like, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm not, like, putting a like, glass ceiling on you at all. I, I think you're going to do amazing things and have done great things. Thank you. But um, how do you go about letting things go? Because there's obviously, there's obviously been things that didn't go your way. Oh, yeah. You know, there's behind every, behind every kind of amazing career stuff that hasn't gone our way and that yeah, so probably much. could yeah. have changed certain things and put us in a different light and personally wanted to be a part of them big, big time. Um, and also yeah. things that we wanted to do. And then you see them and you go, oh, my God, thank you. Like, thank I'm glad God, that didn't yeah. go my way. <laughs> like, whoa, what was that? Yeah. Um, but how do you go about letting those things go? I mean... I feel like it's it's a it's a hard thing to just get used to. But ultimately, I think you do. Yep. You just kind of acclimatize to it, and especially being a kid and just having such a vivid imagination. You know, I I'll remember reading a script and I'll go, oh, and I'll start imagining myself in these places, filming this, blah blah blah, um, and then I'll audition for it, and I'll go, yep, oh, this might be mine. <laughs> and then when you hear it, yeah, it's not. It's devastating. Yeah. And you just have to. And then after a certain amount of rejection, you just kind of get used to it. So you you kind of as I, and at least now I go into the mentality of I probably won't get this. Yeah. The chances are there are so many people auditioning for it. Yes. And I'm one of them. Yeah. So it's like, eh, you know, it's anyone's game. I'll put down my best, and I'll forget about it. And I've hit a point now where I'm kind of at that stage, but still, I've gone for so much stuff which I would have loved to be a part of. Yeah. And even there's been stuff that I've turned down which I would have loved to be a part of. I initially turned down the um, audition for Wildlife. Really. Funnily enough, I was on set. Uh, we're in Mount Tambourine, where you filmed Jungle, which was yeah, yeah, that, yeah beautiful location. Because we shared crew, that's how we kind of yeah, have put, yeah, join the dots there. We and I was shooting the Butterfly Tree, which is the one at Myth last year, and it was a great location, uh, and it was a great film set, but it was just very isolated. I was the only one my age, and I was just with my mum. Yeah, and we were up high in the mountains. And I just started to get a bit of cabin fever of just being locked in a house with my mum. Yeah. And it just kind of We're gonna it, get, it that, gets mate. you. I love my mum. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I, I love adore my her, but Jesus. it's <laughs> so you know you holidays kinda, you do know. to my. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love you, but Christ, I'm, yeah, but, yeah. But this was like a, a three month holiday, so it's very <laughs> intense. 
So it and was working holiday, you know, like it's not yeah, like yeah, you know, it's an exhausting, tiresome holiday. And as much as I loved her having there by my side, sometimes it's just full on. So when this came through, and I thought, do I want to be stuck for another four months in Middle America, be the only one my age with my mom? And I can't, and I kind of went, I don't know, maybe I need a bit of time at school. I need a bit of time to myself. But then my team went, dude, what? Are yeah. you doing? As if you'd even considered turning this down, and I went, "You're right, you're right." Yeah. And then I'm so glad because if I hadn't, uh, this was life changing for me. Yeah. Like in so many ways, yeah. Learning and and just getting to go afterwards and just being a part of it, it, it was just in ways I can like barely articulate. It just changed the way I view everything about the industry. Right. Yeah, that we were talking earlier when we first kind of sat down and bef- yeah, because we've just come from introducing the film and mm-hmm. as we speak. About 2,000 people are, sh- are watching yeah. the film at 11 o'clock on a Saturday um, here at the Regent Theatre, which is really kind of cool to know that we're talking about something that yeah. right now 2,000 people are enjoying for the very first time yeah. and it's not out in Australia yet. It's it's kind of... Is there any experiences, because you you got you went to Sundance and... Yes. You yeah. know, and Khan gave this, the oh, nominated this for the Golden Camera, which, yeah, is, which, is, great. which yeah. is the award that recognises the first... Uh, the best first feature film from a director, so it going to Paul and the yeah. team. Um, are there any things that you've been a part of that are just surreal to you? Everything, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I like. It's no, I love that. That's how I, I. That's how I. I. I'm like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it's just even from the Disney film I did, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. He, not he. It was incredible. And but even afterwards, seeing your face on billboards and stuff is so weird, yeah, and so surreal, and you'll never get used to it. Or even I'll be looking, I'll be on my computer watching YouTube, and an ad will come up for it, and it's surreal. Yeah, it's that's kind of crazy. It that's, is. It's that's it's crazy. Crazy, and it's it's exciting. It's yeah, crazy. it's really interesting, but it's just weird. Like it's yeah. just borderline strange. My mates make memes out of me. Oh yeah. Like when yeah, when we did Safe Harbor, yeah. like my face was coming up out of water. Like in the advertisement, it was like this kind of really kind of ethereal, dreamy thing. Yeah. Where we'd all go underwater and come up. Oh okay. Bl- yeah. And blow bubbles, and then it would like disappear, and then it was another face that would bleed in and out. And like my mates would video it and just make boomerangs <laughs> and make memes out of it, and it was great. Like you know, because yeah. it is, it's surreal, and I love the fact that they can kind of go, yeah. Oh, dude, it's your job, but it's also like you're still a human being. Like it, it grounds. Yeah, that's stuff grounds. Yeah, it grounds yeah. it, yeah. Mate, in a big way. Um. But no, and, and the thing of being viewing everything, everything is surreal. I mean, Einstein said that you can either you know view everyday life as everyday and the right. mundane and whatever, but you can see everything as a miracle. Yeah, you know, like waking up and seeing like the sunlight that's coming through the window right now and hitting little pockets of pictures and yeah. and moments and people and the stuff that you meet. I mean, what do you hope not to become in this industry? If if what I'm following on my own tangent, yeah, of, it, let me explain myself of people that are in this industry that kind of take it for granted that's exactly what i was going to say i just hope i don't get to a point where i take what i've got for granted yeah because i've been so lucky uh thus far and i yeah hopefully continue to keep working with these incredible people and keep going on incredible experiences and i think as i've gotten older i've just learned to uh take more in and just enjoy every little moment like even now i think a couple of years ago i might not have enjoyed kind of doing a q a and getting to speak about the film it might have been a little bit like of a chore Uh uh-huh uh-huh and not that i didn't enjoy it then it just as I'm getting on just realizing that I've been so lucky and I just want to take every little moment as it is and I want to because yeah because I've been lucky and these moments like even in the Cecil B. DeMille room and yeah and going to do a Q&A I'm really lucky and it's great and it just makes 
they're incredible. They're incredible moments, and I just want to kind of realize how lucky I am and enjoy them for what they are. Yeah, I think, I think too that also bleeds into staying curious towards film. Well, not just yeah. film, but I mean work, like work in general. Um, whenever I speak to um, I, I'm like older actors and go, how do you keep discovering? Like, how do you keep rebuilding your yeah. thing and doing stuff? It's like, well, I've never stopped asking questions. Or yeah, never stop I, loving what I do. and I think that's a great mentality. And you can tell, like even with working with Jake and Carrie and Paul, they love it. They yeah. love being on set. They're so invested into it. And seeing that really just, I think that's kind of partially what kind of awakened me into saying you need to enjoy every single moment. You need to give this your all. You need to just put everything into it and to get the most out of it. Because yeah. I, if you're not doing it, then you're just doing something wrong. And then, yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's a... Is there is there anyone outside of this industry like a thinker? Do you read like what do you, what do you, do you like to read? What do you? I do. I have been. I used to read a lot when I was a kid, and then just as I've gotten more busy with work and school and but just, just stuff. scripts nowadays. It like, is. I yeah. just yeah. But I I'm gonna get back into reading. I've just started reading Catcher in the Rye, which is great. I want to read more kind of of those classic tales. It's really interesting. Like Jack, my best friend, who we started the podcast with, did the first episode. Oh, okay. I'm like, who would you most liken yourself to? Yeah, in like a character, he he said um, Holden Ford. Oh, okay. Was, is it Holden Ford? No, it's the what's the guy's name in in J.D. Salinger's Catcher in the Rye? Um, but that character, yeah. Caulfield. Caulfield, yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, that's my dude. So that's really interesting. Oh, that, okay. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I'm with you. Like I love classics like um, The Grapes of Wrath or Roth, however you pronounce oh, okay. it. But yeah. Steinbeck is like, whoa, like that kind yeah. of capturing of a moment that became pinnacle. That then a definition for a certain period. Yeah. Um, do you have any favourite genres? Oh, God. Love a good thriller. Love a good crime. Love yep. a bit of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter's a classic. Uh, they gold. They're pretty good. Like yeah. They, yeah. Um, uh, Reading-wise, I'm like... Uh, I love philosophy. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm a sucker. Yeah. Sucker for it. I remember yeah. going to NIDA and the first time that I was starting reading was like well there's a huge library there and where i grew up there wasn't much of a library my mum read oh, okay mum was yeah. a librarian when i was at high school at the local high school oh, okay. which was <laughs> kind of fun um so there was always books at home but i never read stuff um but then when i got to nida they had like jung and freud right. and all this kind of symbolism type stuff that you could read and seneca and um yeah and just beautiful philosophy you could kind of get your fingers into and go what is that yeah is there something or a thought that stayed with you throughout all this time that you kind of, not a mantra, but like something o- akin to that that's kind of stuck with you? Nothing really yet. I'm still yet to kind of delve into that realm of philosophy and that kind of realm of thinking and analyzing, but don't, don't read Jean Paul Sartre. It's like, it is existentialism, it's French, and it's like, yeah. it's full on. Yeah, it'll take you like two years to undo your brain. God. It's great, but it's also like, I read <laughs> it and then was like, oh my God, everything's in his, like his existential crisis. And I'm just like, get over yourself, dude. Like, enjoy the day. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, as same as, uh, kind of same as you, we've got so many books in the house and I've only ever seen them as part of the house. <laughs> and then you kind of, yeah, and as yeah, I've gotten yeah, older, yeah, I've realized that each one's this great story. Each one, w- you know, will inspire me, will teach me something new. Yeah. And I'm just loving that idea more and more. So now I'm going to start trying to read more and more. And then hopefully I want to read something which clicks with me that maybe then I can adapt into something when I'm a bit older. Or yeah. yeah. And would you take it to your team? Would you take it to WME and be like, hey, look, guys, I've read this book. I yeah, think it's great for always, me. Yeah, even when I signed, they, they've always said, if you've got anything, like an article a story, blah, 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 do that. And I'd love to do that because there's so much fascinating stuff that happens in the world. 
Yeah. I love Dead real sad. life stories. Uh, even, like, did you see that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are making a movie on the Monopoly scandal? What? Like, yeah. I love, yeah. no, I didn't. They just got like the fantastic. rights to, to that crazy FBI scandal where that guy stole like $12 million from Monopoly stickers or oh something. Oh my God, I have no idea. It's bizarre, but they just acquired the thing and something like that would be great. Yeah. It'd be great for something to happen and just snag the rights and or even an old book like what Paul did. He loved this book and he said it kind of related to him and it just evoked these incredible memories for him and, and just seeing how he could adapt it and put all his heart and soul into it and take this beautiful story and then make it into a beautiful piece of cinema. Yeah. I just feel like that sounds great. That sounds like such a great thing to do. And such a rewarding thing. Yeah, rewarding. I yeah. think that's the cool because it is such a process. It's not just like, yeah. oh, I've got this thing and then happy days and what like it Yeah, happened. not at all. Even just from hearing him talk when we were at Sundance it's and years. talking to him one-on-one, it was a grueling process. Yeah. And even when he was filming, he said he started smoking again. He was getting really? stressed <laughs> and anxious and he was... Um, he, yeah, he did. Ma- yeah, he was always cool, but so, he was always calm. But sometimes he would just get a little bit like, like yeah. but it was full on. It was intense for him. Yeah, it was. It was his creation, and especially if it's yeah. if he, well, you know, what he was saying to you about it being, yeah, things like it's speaking to his own sense of self and his it was, own. You could just tell that it was so going to take it out of him. him. Oh yeah, yeah, and you could tell that it did, but ultimately, uh, you can just tell that he's pleased. And I feel like, how That's could you really not? Cool. You look at the film and he just, he should be so proud. Yeah. He's an incredible filmmaker. He's got such a great style. He's got he just a great sense. And even... I think you're right with the style thing. It's really stylistic. Yeah, yeah. It's very unique. I like, really hope he continues to do more. And I hope he continues to act. Yeah, I hope he's a I joy he to watch on screen. On there, and I if love. he does both, then it's yeah. like, he's such an incredible actor. He's such an incredible creative person. Because he's such a sensitive guy. Yeah. You know, like when you listen to him speak or hear him speak, he's very quietly spoken and considered. And he is, you yeah. know, like I love hearing him do Q and A's or watch. I'm a I'm a cinephile man. I watch like yeah. Q and A's and B roll and stuff like this from everywhere and anywhere I can get a hold of. Yeah, no, and he's listening to him speak and just chatting with him is great. Just to get a look inside his brain. And yeah, yeah it's really and great. You, you know that when, even when he plays terrible people like he did on Twelve Years a Slave. And <laughs> yeah, you know, but he'd yeah. be bringing this whole sense of care to the role and making sure that it's done for the right reasons for the right amount of tone and that's all yeah like it doesn't step out of boundaries you're not doing this kind of we're talking about careless creativity downstairs before yeah. and that kind of manic nature it always seems like some people destroy in order to create yeah but a lot of great people who do it for such a long time and are loved both by audiences and critics and the people they work with alike are those people that are able to do it in a sense that is not careful because you can't be careful when creating. Yeah. But considered. Considered at and least. real and ju- yeah, yeah. 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 I've I yeah. I think he's a really unique actor. He's really I if I don't know who I'd can kinda compare him to. Yeah, I can't see him and it's I can't. And it's this distinct, unique and even though he plays such different characters, there's always something about it that's so that you know is Paul Dano. Yeah. It's, it's like when you hear and it's it, such a joy to watch and it's real and it hits you in the yeah, like it really right in the feels. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like you know, Chris Cornell. When you hear a Chris Cornell song, you go, "No one can sing." Yeah, like that dude could. Or you hear like Chad Smith on the drums from Chili Peppers. Yeah, you know it's Chad Smith. Yeah, like, yeah. Evidently, there's just something inherently there. I mean, I think that's what makes people stick a career too. Yeah, it's like you know, it's what makes them stand out. You can tell that's what's made him such a well respected and such. What do you think makes you stand out? That's a pretty God. abrupt, like blunt question. But is there? I don't know. Well, that's great. I mean, if you, yeah. I, I know, I think if you do know, it's kind of strange. Yeah, I feel like 
I feel like if yeah, if you do know, then you might just be hyper aware of it, and you might be trying to go, oh, I need to do this. It's a little bit my more. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, because a mate and I were talking the other day about like Ryan Reynolds, right? So yeah. we got about two minutes left here of the three quarter hour of power, but. Uh, should we go there? Okay. So like Ryan Reynolds for ages had been given all these amazing opportunities yep. and kind of half made him awesome. And then all of a sudden Deadpool comes around and you go, that's your vehicle. Yeah, That's it is. what you are. Um, so oh, 100%. Then, then you watch you know, interviews and it's like, you are Deadpool. Yeah, you are Deadpool. You were made for this. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of, I think it's interesting too that like we all get opportunities that kind of speak exactly to who we are. Yeah. Um, and whether or not we get them early on in life or later on in life in yeah. this career. Um, and even just if you're listening and you're not in the acting business that you get certain jobs along the way that you're just filling time and you know that you're made for something else yeah. and then you go oh that's me you know and that's that's when you find those certain things exactly um, before I let you go mate I had a really cool question that I wanted to be like hey hmm and then I let it go because I was like what do you think god damn it if okay like I always ask us at the end, like, mm. what do you, what what do you still have to learn? Like, what, and it could be anything, but what do you, what do you feel like you you most desperately want to bring in, or to foster in your life? Oh God, I've, I've got so much to learn. I it's mean, I've so had, I've been lucky that. to work with so much, uh, you know, so many great people and inspiring people, and I've learned so much already. But I just. I can just tell. I can just tell I've, I've got so much more to learn. Yeah. I've got so much more to do and to explore. And that's what I want to keep doing. I just want to keep working in roles that challenge me, that speak to me, even some that don't, that, yeah, that really challenge you. That's interesting. And find a way to connect to a different... Yeah. yeah. You know. I, so I feel like I just want to keep... I just want to try a, just a multitude of different things. I want to play someone crazy, someone yeah. calm, someone different, someone new, someone like me... I just want to keep doing that. And I think just the more I do that, the more I'll learn, the more I'll take away from it. I think ultimately the, the more you learn, I just feel like the more, yeah, the more you can rely on to act. And I feel like you ultimately just become just a better actor and a better person. Yeah. Well, mate, thank you very yeah. much for spending thank time you. with us. I really, really appreciate it. And just so everyone knows, like Ed is one of the most humble, gracious dudes <laughs> that I've ever had the chance to meet. I mean, we bumped into each other ages ago whilst, because you, you work locally. I, mean, I don't want to give away secrets but you work locally at a local cinema and i bumped into you after you were done alexander yeah right and i was living in america at the time with my sister who lives in vegas and right my nephew who's like five or something at the time and we watched that and then i come back to uh, australia and i was just so proud of like you know this dude's making it and then i bump into you and i was like <laughs> yeah oh my god like y you are a really hard-working down-to-earth guy man and i just well, thank you thank you for spending time with me and i i can't wait to see what you do yeah no it's fantastic i love having a good chat it. yeah so be well thanks for stopping by thank you well there we have it third episode of the good thief in the bag i'm joel jackson and if you have any queries comments ideas or just want to get in contact with me please drop me a line at joeljacksonofficial at gmail.com or follow me online at instagram joeljacksonofficial to keep in tune with the story our next guest is a man who has gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with Scarlett Johansson. His films have premiered all across the globe and more recently they won the Age Critics Award for their most recent film here at the Melbourne International Film Festival. Want to know who it is? Tune in next time on The Good Thief. Thanks, guys.